the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat with Paul Zimmerman and me, Jim Gould. Uh, and this morning on Backchat, uh, we're talking about the ongoing flight suspension mechanism. Uh, with the head of the International Air Transport Association warning that the SAR faces an uphill struggle to recover its status as a global aviation hub. Uh, just a reminder uh, that uh, airlines can be banned from operating certain routes for up to seven days under the current arrangements if, they if they're found to be uh, carrying COVID-positive passengers uh, on arrival. Um, uh, three uh, three COVID-positive passengers is enough to uh, trigger that uh, flight route suspension or I think uh, one positive passenger and one non-compliant passenger, somebody who hasn't uh, done the test properly. Anyway, we'll be welcoming uh, two guests onto the programme in a moment. Um, I have a couple of emails which I'd like to read out uh, just to sort of kick off the discussion and set the scene uh, because we do get a lot of messages from our listeners about this and I, I have to say um, everybody is uh, pretty um, not pleased to say the least about uh, this situation. Um, Alan says uh, the way these, uh, talking about the flight bands, the ways these are now operated makes it impossible to keep up to date with who can fly in and out and who cannot. This ridiculous situation created by the government takes no account whatsoever of the chaos caused. If the airline is presented with proof of a negative test prior to departure, what else can it do? Would the CE care to advise? Lastly, a, a daily update uh, on the situation on who is banned is essential as long as this uh, stupidity persists that from Alan um, Dan says uh, dear back chat can anyone point to any positive benefit uh, from the airlines flight suspension I see none they are a disaster for passengers airlines freight deliveries and uh, Hong Kong overall and do essentially uh, nothing to stop the spread of COVID-19 um, that from Dan. Um, a few more, which uh, we will uh, read out a little bit later. But uh, but now let's uh, welcome onto the programme uh, Dr. Law Chung Kwok, who's a senior advisor on aviation policy and uh, research at the Chinese University's Department of Decision Sciences and Managerial Economics. So good morning to you, Dr. Law. Good morning, uh, Jim and Paul. Yeah, good morning. Good, yeah. good, good morning, and and let's also say good morning to uh, uh, to Shukor Yusof, uh, aviation and economics research uh, consultancy Endow Analytics. Um, uh, Shukor Yusof is uh, based in uh, Malaysia. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Good, good. Thanks. Uh, perhaps, um, Dr. Law, first, um, if, we, Hi, yeah. if, if we could uh, ask you first. Uh, so, with this um, ongoing flight suspension mechanism, the chief executives made it clear that uh, it's going to stay for the time being, at least. Um, uh, how difficult does it make it for airlines to operate a, a regular schedule if they, if they, they don't know whether they're, they're, they're going to be suspended from uh, flying on certain routes? Sure, that that would be uh, very very uh, difficult for for airlines uh, to uh, do their scheduling uh, of flights, and uh, also uh, that 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 would create a lot of uncertainties uh, for for passengers uh, to arrange uh, their travels and and, and their uh, demand for air services. Uh, definitely, that 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 is uh, in you know very very uh, difficult. Uh, position for uh, the 
revitalization of our aviation industry. Mm. Uh, and what does it do for Hong Kong's uh, reputation and, and position as a, an aviation hub? Well, uh, let, let, let me uh, briefly provide you some, some background uh, of the Hong Kong aviation industry. Yeah. In the last two years, the number of passengers uh, for some months was only uh, about 1% to 2% of the average number in the 2019 before the pandemic. While the air cargo business uh, remained intact, uh, reaching uh, 5 million uh, metric tons in 2021. And in terms of the number of flights, the total number of flights uh, was about uh, 420,000 in 2019, which was equivalent to about 1,100 flights per day. But lately, of course, uh, it would be as low as 20 to 30 flights a day only. So definitely, Hong Kong was not able to maintain its position as an international aviation hub for the passengers in the last two years. I think I uh, just uh, stated the fact. Yeah. And if you look forward, so, uh, I mean, people are trying to make travel plans. Uh, they have not been able to see their families for the last two summers. So we're now in the third summer of COVID. Is this going to be yep. a sad summer for the travelers? Are they not They're not going to get seats? Um, uh, what we see from uh, the, the, the travel websites is if you put in an, a destination, the prices that are being quoted are just outrageous. I mean, they'll be talking about yeah. inflation up to 10 times previous prices. I mean, what is going to happen this summer? going to change this? I mean, uh, we have uh, 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 President Xi Jinping over here in the 1st of July, which is seen as a, as a marker for in terms of ta- the, the chance for chan- a government to maintain the policies that they currently have in place. And then we got the uh, a party congress in November, which is also seen as a marker for potential change or no change to, the, to these policies. I mean, wh- wh- how do you see this going ahead for the next 12 months? Well, 
Well, uh, according to IATA, IATA uh, forecast that uh, the global uh, aviation industry would uh, resume to the 2019 uh, level by 2024. So uh, that means uh, we, we, we could only uh, fully recover uh, two years uh, from now. Uh, other than that, uh, we, we, we also observe that um, domestic flights uh, in many markets have already uh, recovered uh, very smoothly. Uh, for example, uh, in Guangzhou, the Guangzhou airport by the end of 2020, in fact, uh, we assume 85 percent of the total number of flights already. Within the mainland. Uh, other than the uh, long-haul flights. Right. So we, we could see that uh, uh, domestic flights uh, in, in other markets uh, have already uh, resumed to their normality uh, quite some time ago. But uh, unfortunately, the long-haul flights uh, it will uh, take a, a much longer time for the full recovery. And that particularly affects uh, Hong Kong very, very substantially. Right. Uh, Shoko Yusuf, uh, good morning to you. Morning. Um, as an aviation analyst, um, um, what do you think that the effect of this ongoing flight suspension mechanism is going to be for uh, the aviation industry in Hong Kong going forward? Well, clearly it's very damaging to the territory. And I think the Hong Kong administrators understand is they have eased some of the restrictions that were seen to be very hard in the yes. last yeah. few weeks. They've, they've uh, halved the quarantine uh, period, for example. But I think a lot more can be done in order to attract more people back to, to Hong Kong, which is, uh, I don't think it, it, uh, it's as bad as what people make it out to be. I think it's very harsh for people outside of Hong Kong to characterize the territory as being falling off the map and such things uh, because there are differences in administering the territory uh, compared to other parts of the world, for example. So I think we need to have a bit of sympathy for what they're trying to do uh, where you are, for example, and and not just uh, uh, lob uh, stones and, and criticisms uh, because we know not very much. But we do, what we do know is the number of seats going in and out, how many passengers going in and out. We know the prices that are being paid. And, and as uh, as been explained, I mean, the uh, people now have to do uh, fly via many different places to get uh, to get to the final destination that they're looking for. So difficult flight routes. I mean, those are facts. And the question is, when is this going to improve and what does it need to get it improved? You're quite right, Paul. I think uh, the damage that's been done to the industry in Hong Kong and also to the airlines that are operating out of Hong Kong is huge, and that will continue unless they do something drastic, i.e. to restore it back to at least where it was before. Um, and, and again, the, the damage to the airfares also, I mean, this clearly will affect a lot of people who are hoping to fly in or out, which is now severely limited. So as long as this continues, I think that will clearly erode some of the confidence in the way 
the policies are being uh, pronounced, the policies are being administered in, in the SAR. Uh, the cost, again, is, is going up in other parts of the world because of the uh, extremities in fuel prices, because of the uncertainties in geopolitical situation in Europe and, and so on and so forth. So while that is clearly linked to the um, measures that are being imposed in, in the SAR, there are some other external factors that have contributed to the rise in Okay. Um, yeah, just to remind the listeners, actually, yes, as you mentioned, uh, the suspension period is now one week. That's been reduced from two weeks. Uh, and up until April the 1st, uh, there were outright bans on incoming flights from, uh, from nine different locations around the world. They've been lifted. But, I mean, I mean, are airlines going to want to fly into Hong Kong um, you know, if they're facing the, the prospects of these uh, bans? I mean, the number of movements now these days is still very, very small compared with what it was before the pandemic. No, clearly airlines are going to be deterred by all these measures that are being imposed. Um, no airline will want to uh, waste money in terms of the operations, in terms of uh, their crew being deployed to the SDR if they, they run the risk of any two or three numbers of people on board the aircraft uh, being infected and then they will have to uh, reduce the number of flights and they will have to realign their operations into the territory so that's a huge deterrent so that's not something going to change unless the authorities in hong kong relook this policy and say this is this is doing more damage than any good to hong kong is, is, there, uh, any, is there anything similar in any other part of the world I can't think of any mm. other similar policies that are being implemented in other parts of the world. But then again, I am trying to understand the logic behind this. And, and clearly this is, again, very much linked to what's happening on the mainland, which is also implementing measures that are similar to the SDR. So it, Hong Kong, as you know, is a part of China. So the policies that are being implemented have to run in parallel to what uh, have been introduced by Beijing. Have to? Well, it is one country. Mm. Okay, you mean from a political point of view, but from a uh, yeah, airline uh, a travel mm. technical point of view? Yes. I think from, from an airline point of view, if you look at it purely from an aviation point of view, I think there could be areas that need to be readjusted because of the uh, importance of Hong Kong to the aviation world. And clearly, Hong Kong has been for a very long time, uh, even before the uh, emergence of Singapore, Changi being a, a, an industry hub. Hong Kong was there already. So people need to understand that the relevance and the importance of Hong Kong um, has to be preserved. And that, that's very important because the, the banks are still there. It's still a financial hub, uh, irrespective of what the people are saying now. So the last two years, and perhaps even before that, with all the uh, troubles that yeah, you faced uh, with the uh, riots and, and so on, um, have really dampened the appetite for people doing business of coming to Hong Kong. But that doesn't mean that Hong Kong is no longer relevant. And I think that's important uh, to Cathay, for example, which remains one of the best carriers in the world. And in order for that to um, survive and for, for, for that to help the Hong Kong economy, I think some changes 
are required to to be recalibrated so that Hong Kong can move to a slightly different path from the aviation perspective, move away because the Greater Bay Area is also a key area for aviation growth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Law, you're still with us. Hi. Yes, Hi. hello. Hello. Um, the yeah. chief executive has said uh, the, the rationale for this policy is that, uh, well, first of all, we need to keep out uh, imported infections. Just looking at the figures, uh, I think, as we mentioned earlier, yesterday there were, in fact, uh, 12 uh, imported infections from places including Shanghai, Nepal, yeah. Germany, uh, and that uh, there needs to be some sort of penalty uh, there to be imposed upon airlines to try to make sure that they follow the correct procedures. Um, so, uh, is that reasonable? Well, uh, I, I do not uh, want to uh, comment on, on, on these details. But I, I, I wish our medical and uh, health experts could formulate a strategy to move Hong Kong from the current policy of dynamic killing to the coexistence with the virus. Hmm. This, this should be the plan to bring Hong Kong, on one hand, back to the motherland, and on the other hand, to be part of the global community. But, but it's not an unreasonable... Uh, possible timelines uh, mm. should also be provided for the consideration of the uh, general public. Yeah. Sure, but it's not un- un- unreasonable to ask airlines to um, to do a good job in terms of um, making sure that the passengers have been have been tested. Um, and it, are there are there other ways of of managing this? And to what extent is it a, is is it good to put that responsibility on the airline rather than the country or the airport that they come from? Well, uh, as I see it. Uh Long-haul flights in, in other aviation hubs in the region have gradually resuming their operations. And they have similar... Uh, op- so, mm-hmm. relaxation of their health measures. So, uh, these are more restrictive health measures that implemented in, in Hong Kong, obviously, uh, have left us uh, lagging behind for the uh, recovery, not only of the aviation industry, but the uh, economy as a whole. So uh, some sort of uh, uh, relaxation, uh, I think, should be considered by the government. But, but for the long term, do you see a responsibility for airlines to ensure that, the, that, uh, that passengers are tested? Well, I, I, I think airlines definitely did uh, as the, the, the prime responsibility for that, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, Dr. Law, thanks very much. Um, I, I know you you have to leave, uh, but uh, we're grateful to you for talking to us on the programme this morning. Uh, that was Dr. Law Chen Kwok, Senior Advisor at the Aviation Policy and Research Centre at the Chinese University's uh, Department of Decision Sciences and Managerial Economics. Uh, Shoko Yusuf uh, is still with us. Um, um, an email here from uh, Richard says... Uh, this morning's live count, uh, CX, that's Cathay Pacific, have 13 aircraft in the air. That's live as of 9am. Qatar Airways, 125 aircraft in the air. Uh, the damage of the flight ban is obvious. Um, Shoko Yusuf, how long do you think it will take for us to recover from this? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I think uh, it will go on as long as they have directives to want it to go on. And I think 
it will continue to damage, as I've said, as I've emphasized earlier mm. with the industry. Now, this is uh, indirectly punishing the airlines in Hong Kong, Cathay Pacific especially. Now, airlines, I, I do not agree, need to go through all these unnecessary uh, procedures because, as you have seen in other parts of Southeast Asia, in other parts of the world, things are starting or have reopened, and quite clearly they pose very little danger to operations at airports or to growth of the economy, for example, in Singapore, if you look at that. Um, so there is something that Hong Kong can look out and and perhaps even take uh, some understanding or learn from some of the um, developments that are happening outside. But then again, this has to be, I understand, balanced with the uh, requirements that are being imposed in the territory. And so um, instead of punishing airlines, airlines have been punished enough by COVID already. But so additional measures such as those now being implemented in Hong Kong are not just unnecessary, but it's going to, um, in the longer run, going to uh, perhaps it, there is a risk of airlines collapsing if they, they continue like this for uh, the foreseeable near future. So what they can't expect airlines to do is to have to be um, pressured in such a manner uh, for as we approach summer, that you mentioned earlier, and then, you know, the, these, these measures are not being uh, taken off. So that will clearly destroy the industry in Hong Kong as we know it. What, what do you think about the responsibility for airlines to make sure that the passengers that they bring in have been tested? I think airlines are doing a great job doing that already. Hmm. I think airlines are putting a massive amount of investment in ensuring that passengers come on board the aircraft without uh, being negative. And they're doing this everywhere uh, in Southeast Asia, in, in other parts of Northeast Asia. But it is impossible just by the nature of this virus that you can be infected somehow, or perhaps you can't be detected if you're still carrying strains of, of the virus and, and it's not being detected while you're boarding the aircraft and then you discover to have it on arrival. So that's just the way it is. And I think people need to understand that this is not to be blamed on airlines because they have no control over how this virus mutates or how it, it, it um, exhibits itself. Uh, yes, please. Um, we have uh, a caller. Good morning. No, he's gone offline. Okay, sorry, uh, we've lost him for we've lost him for a moment. Okay, but uh, uh, email here. Another email from Richard says uh, we are not further closer to getting our local airline travel industry back on track under the current flight ban policy. Uh, unlike uh, other industries, there are many complexities in operating an airline. You cannot just flick a switch and start things again overnight. This industry needs time to plan and scale up and get its operation back. If we all think that once the flight bans are lifted, we can all resume our travel plans, we are delusional. Airlines need time to scale up. Um, how about that, uh, Shoko Youssef? Well, I absolutely agree with that. I think the industry is a very complicated one. It's a very unique one, uh, I may add, because it is very globalized. It provides connectivity to the world, which no other industry does. Mm. And, that's, and that's the reason uh, authorities, officials who 
are implementing measures need to understand. Um, so you have to balance the, the health measures with the realistic um, expectations what an airline can and cannot do. And what, especially for Hong Kong, which sees, which saw um, 200,000 plus number of passengers pre-COVID, and now it's, uh, as Dr. Law mentioned earlier, is one or two percent. So that's going to have a heavy toll on the economy of the territory. And so if you continue and, you know, with these measures and going ahead and saying, you know, we need to have this because you want to have a zero COVID policy, then I'm afraid you have to expect more um, destruction yep. uh, to, to the industry. And that's uh, pretty much self-inflicted, I may say. Okay. Okay. Um, we have our caller back, uh, Emil. Um, good morning to you. Uh, we've got about a minute uh, left of the program before we have to wrap up. So, so uh, uh, please um, shoot uh, your question. Know. Okay. Thank you very much. Good morning, first of all. Uh, you see, I heard the experts and I heard Mr. Yusuf just now. And uh, if the zero COVID policy has to continue, we need to make some adjustments. Otherwise, we can continue the way we are, airlines suffering, the passengers suffering, and people taking a one-day passage out of Hong Kong. Uh, you see, two things I have to say. First of all, I know that the authorities are trying to balance the public health risk, you know, uh, uh, with the convenience of the airlines and things like that. And then they are wanting to put a penalty on the airlines, but it's also on the passengers. So why penalty only in the form of suspension? Are there no other alternatives? Oh, that's a good question. Let's Number ask. Two. Number two, there are two problems here. The CT values which the PCR does done outside are not same as, as what is being done in Hong Kong. So first of all, they need to make the threshold same. Otherwise, this problem will never go away. Okay. So, Yusuf. Number three, because mm -hmm. the time is short. Now, the RIT tests are found to be very reliable. Even the government is using it locally. Before the passengers board the flight, airlines can definitely do this one more time. As a second screening, in, instead of still that 48 hours PCR test, which is done in labs, which people don't know where the certificates are coming from, why not conduct an RIT test before boarding? Okay, how about that, uh, Shoko Yusuf? Well, I, I understand uh, where, where uh, the call is coming from. And uh, again, I need to stress that airlines should not be penalized because if these airlines did not create uh, the virus and airlines have already suffered a tremendous amount of damage. The industry has been permanently damaged over the past two years. And so any form of um, monetary or financial penalties that you impose on airlines are ultimately going to be detrimental to the overall industry and to passengers as well, because passengers depend on a good carrier like Cathay Pacific to operate uh, as, as efficiently as it did pre-COVID. And again, to other airlines that are coming into Hong Kong without the danger or without the risk of um, facing penalties, no airline will fly into Hong Kong knowing that they could be penalized for something that they didn't create. Okay. Right. And right. so that's going to deter a lot of people sure. into Hong Kong. Thanks. This was Thanks. just to yeah. satisfy okay. the comments, because they use the word penalty. 
Of course, it's best if there are no penalties, you know. All right. Okay. Thank, thank you. you thank you, Caller Emil, and uh, thank you, uh, Shuko Yusuf. Yeah. Uh, 